is Railbirds, presented by My Racehorse. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Railbirds podcast, the first of its kind from My Racehorse. I'm Christina Blacker from FanDuel TV. Really excited to be kicking off this new series with you. I'm joined by Hannah Bloom, the social marketing manager for My Racehorse, and this is a project that we've been talking about for quite a while uh, with Molly McGill as well, and just looking forward to introducing a new forum to get you involved and to bring you even closer to the game. Hannah, tell us where you are and uh, how excited you are as we begin this podcast. Hello, Christina. I know I'm, I'm very excited. This is kind of a long time coming. You know, I'm a huge fan of podcasts myself. So this is something very exciting. I love to listen while I'm working, while I'm in the car. Um, I'm based in Los Angeles. I'm actually about eight minutes from Santa Anita Racetrack. So Los Angeles local here. And yeah, it's a busy season, derby season, but we're so excited to welcome in our you know first owner guest today and as well as Johnny Velasquez as we look to derby season. Yeah, so a little bit about the format for everybody joining us today and whether you're listening to this uh, in its first kind of broadcast or on down the line. What our plan is with the Railbirds podcast is to bring on an owner and to get to know the owners a little bit more, to get to know their story, and then to also bring on a very special horse racing guest and to bring everybody together. So you get that conversation between the owner, between the racing personality, and as Hannah touched on, Johnny Velasquez is going to be our first guest. So that's definitely little trivia point to maybe save for the future and just to look forward to hearing about his exciting times ahead with the Kentucky Derby approaching. We want to reflect on his win on Authentic, of course, as that was such a pivotal moment in the history for my racehorse. So without any further ado, let's introduce our first guest, our owner, Winford Tyler LaRue is joining us on the line as well. And Winford, I'm very jealous because I understand you live in a very beautiful place. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> I do. I do. I live in Hawaii. I'm on the island of Kauai. Um, I've been here about on Kauai six or seven years now. Um, before that, lived on Oahu for two years. Um, before that, I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, just outside Pittsburgh. Very awesome. cool. Tell us a little bit more just about what got you uh, into horse racing. Well, when I was growing up in um, Pittsburgh, I used to do a lot of um, farming, you know, doing like hay and stuff like that. And what really got me started was we were doing deliveries to the Meadowlands racetrack in Casino um, outside of Pittsburgh and going there and dropping off hay for the horses and kind of seeing them run out there. That kind of sparked my interest. And then, you know, more so started watching on TV after that. And I just got hooked. You know, it's it's not a drug, but it's a drug in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, well, Winford, great to uh, hear your voice. I know it's been about a year because I remember seeing you and meeting you at our last year's Santa Anita Derby event. Yep. Um, you even did an interview for us on TVG, so that's been great. Um, as far as getting involved with my racehorse, who was your actual first you know, piece of ownership with us, if you could tell us a little bit about that? I believe it was the Philly Four. Ah, oh, the good old Philly Four. Yep. Was, yeah. Okay. That was a while ago. So you've been with us a long yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago. So I've been here for a while now. And Winford, do you have any big moments, whether it was through ownership or just horses that you've really been a fan of or any kind of highlights in particular as far as the game goes? Oh, I would say, I mean, just like a lot of other people, definitely authentic. Um, you know, obviously I didn't get to attend that year. Um, you know, I had COVID and everything else, but I can't complain because I was in Hawaii at the time. Um, but that was definitely, you know, getting to sit there with my family and watch it on TV 
it's like, yeah, I have that horse, you know, I own part of that horse, you know, he's running in the Derby and then to sit there and my job be on the floor afterwards with him winning. It was kind of surreal. I think I that was any of those highlight videos too. myself. Sorry, Hannah, go ahead. No, you're fine. I think I was just going to echo what Winford is saying. It's kind of all of us. There's a great um, video even of me and Molly, who I work with at my racehorse. And, you know, we're literally, my jaw is literally open and she's grabbing me, kind of <laughs> shaking me because it was as if I couldn't like comprehend that this was happening. But what an exciting day then too for you to get to talk to uh, Johnny V today. Absolutely. So I'll let Christina kind of say more to that before I bring him in. Yeah, speaking of, a great, great way to bring in Hall of Famer Johnny Velasquez, a man that really needs no introduction, certainly to the My Racehorse ownership group and to the fans of My Racehorse for bringing home the real pivotal moment, not only in racing for this group, for this ownership group, but just for, I think, the profile of owning horses in general going forward. So the Hall of Famer, the Eclipse Award winner, Jockey Johnny Velasquez joins us now. He's at Keeneland in the jocks room. So Johnny, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. Thank you guys for having me. Hopefully you guys can hear me because uh, I'm in the jockey's room, so I don't know if you have a really good connection. <laughs> we got you. We got you good so far in here. Can we just go back to authentic? Can you share a little bit about your memories of that day? Of course, it was a different type of derby with COVID. Winford kind of alluded to that. But what do you remember about that day? Oh, I remember everything, really. I mean, the time is still there. We, we didn't miss, obviously, the fans and everybody there. But, you know, what we do for a living uh, just riding horses and riding good horses, uh, like authentic, uh, was as 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 a racehorse. And I ho hope he does the same thing as a stud now. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the things that you dream of, you know, picking up this horse, going to the Derby, and and I, and, um, I think a lot of people were saying that he might not go the distance, and uh, um, he proved everybody wrong, obviously. And uh, the way he ran and the way he allowed me to ride him that day. Um, it was really, really uh, rewarding because, I mean, there was a lot of speed in the race, um, talking to Bob, and, I mean, I had a good position on the outside. I had a couple of speeds in the inside, so I wanted to see what they, wanted, they, were, what they were going to do and pass the wire for the first time, and then I, I made my decision that they were kind of taken back a little bit, and by the time we got to the, uh, to the first turn, we, we, uh, we got to the lead. And after that, you know, he was pretty easy, to, you know, waiting for the competition, and when... Uh, the horse to be, I'm not going to even say the name, <laughs> but got right next to me on the quarter pole. And it looks like, you know, watching the replay that he he, he thought he, he had us, you know. And I got, you know, to left-handed to, to, you know, to authentic and, and he responded right away. And every time I asked him for a little more, he gave me more and more. And obviously, you know, the results of it. So the experience just to have that and, and, and to win the race and for everything that I asked him to do, he he went for more. Uh, you can't you can't ask for any uh, any more than what the horse was giving you. I love hearing the recap a bit because it, it's funny because it was just a few years ago, but it also feels like yesterday. Um, so Johnny, it's really exciting to hear your recap of it as we kind of talk about the theme of Derby. Let's talk about your first Derby win back in 2011 with Animal Kingdom. That's every jockey's kind of big goal, I would say, right? Winning the Kentucky Derby. What was that like, your first Kentucky Derby win? Um, an amazing, just just no words to describe. It's amazing. I mean, for, for me, at that point in my career, you know, I, I already had so much success and I had ridden many derbies and 
not winning. It seems like it was missing something, though, you know. Um, uh, and I was supposed to write uh, Uncle Mode. He was scratched. And then I picked up Animal Kingdom last minute. I supposed to stay before, actually. Uh, oh, the Derby. Um, and I heard a lot of a lot of him, though. You know, I heard, you know, I watched his horse run a, a few times here and there, you know, against him and everything. But um, And then he worked really well for the week before the Derby. Um, and then when I picked him up, I mean, it was, it was exciting, not only, you know, to, you know, to be back in the race, but, you know, to have a horse that had a chance, uh, and to a good friend of mine, a friend of mine, um, Grant Merchant, um, and just happened to have, we have dinner the night before, and we were excited to have it, you know, to be part of it, and, um, incredible, you know, so everything worked out the way we thought, you know, we, we know he was a little slow from the gate, it was a lot of speed in the race, um, all I wanted to do is come out come out running and try to get some sort of position some sort of position in the middle of the group that he didn't have to come to way way far back which he, that was kind of his his style um and everything i asked again you know it's, it's it, that's probably a dream a dream come true as well just because the horse coming from grass and poly track and for him to handle the dirt the way he handled it that day was incredible and everything i asked him for he got in a tight position in the first gen he got a tight position in the in the three pole and he got the position that I wanted to do, and then finally on the quarter pole, I pulled him out, and he threw the ears up, and I was like, no, that can't be it, this horse cannot be this fresh, you know, right now, you know, the quarter pole, and I'm like fifth, you know, and all of a sudden, I asked him to do something, the 316 pole, and he started cutting to the horses, and, you know, in the lead, and by the April, he passed those horses. Um, my first thing in, in, in my head, when I passed the wire, Jesus, I hope I didn't bother anybody. <laughs> <laughs> first thing that came, came to my head in my first derby i hope i didn't you know making this move and pushing my way through you know hope that i didn't bother anybody um so it was one of those really good feeling and scary feeling at the same time i won the derby damn it <laughs> and i don't know if i bother anybody so it was uh, one of those things really exciting and nervous nervousness that a little confusing basically you know the, the way they everything worked out but once I pulled up and you see it was no inquiry or anything like that, it kind of to relax. And so I said to myself, well, finally, well, at least we got one, though, you know. So uh, what experience you have and to have everybody there, they have family and friends, everybody was definitely very special. Yeah, and I think you touched on something there, Johnny, that was interesting, too, talking about a horse that, you know, came from synthetic, came from turf. I think Animal Kingdom's win in the Kentucky Derby really changed the way people start to approach their handicapping when it comes to this race and the way that you can campaign a horse to get to the race and giving validation to horses that are prepping on different surfaces and opening it up to an international, you know, group of horses. We have these horses from Japan coming this year. I mean, Dermoso Tagake looks pretty tough. And I think your win and Animal Kingdom's victory was one of those moments that kind of changed what we think about in terms of expecting on paper, at least what you would have from a derby winner not exactly though i mean imagine him he i don't believe he actually ran in the derby before he came to the derby though you know he was running the grass in the valley track so um and he comes to the derby and and wins derby and so obviously after that he he run back in the dirt run really well and the prickness just just beat um but yeah i mean it's like he says like it opens the door for all the preps for, for the derby for whatever surface it, it may be. You, know, you can come to the derby and, and give it a shot. 
So Winfield is with us as well, one of our owners, and uh, he was an owner of Authentic. So of course, he was very excited to see you come home a winner in 2020. And this was kind of the idea behind this podcast was to bring the fans together with the legends of the game. So Winford, I'll toss it to you next. Any questions that you have for Johnny Velasquez? Yeah, um, there was a lot of talk going into the Derby, obviously, with Authentic, like you um, touched on with, could he actually go the full Derby distance? What was your thoughts going into the Derby, getting ready to go into the gate, stuff like that with him? Like, was there any, hopefully he can save enough in the tank for the home stretch. Yeah, that, was there any of that, or were you just, you know, you had confidence the whole time? Yeah, that's always in your back of your head, though, you know. I um, And in talking to Bob, he, he gave me a lot of confidence in the horse, and he, he, he keeps telling me, you bring me to the April, you bring me to the April. No, he, yeah, the opposite. I'm going to bring you to the April. From the April to the wire, you have to carry this horse. <laughs> uh, so it, it was it was sort of uh, a little bit pressure, but not a lot. In the first time riding him, I watched his runs, you know, I, I thought, you know, um, he definitely had a good chance. Um, the position that we had, it was a little awkward. But in the, in the, in the other hand, after doing my homework and watching all the speed, all that stuff, I thought it was going to be a benefit to us. So I could watch who wanted to go to the lead, who didn't want to go to the lead. Um, and all those things, you know, just kind of go in my head and, and uh, through my homework and, and just happened to, you know, Bob allowed me to do what I wanted to do. And not just Bob, but, you know, the horse allowed me to do what I wanted to do. And the first part of the race, that first quarter of a mile, three-eighths of a mile, if you will, uh, to get a comfortable uh, pace, not this really crazy pace going to the first turn. So I think that was that was the most important thing right there, you know, that I had that in back in my head that if I using too much the first part, I might not have anything, you know, to fight from the April to the wire. So if I can if I can get a nice quarter of a mile, the first part of the, of the race, um, I think we'll have plenty to you know to fight, and that's the way it worked out. You know, one of those things that you, you plan, you plan over and over and over, and sometimes it doesn't work out. It just happened to work out with him, um, and the post position helped me to to do what I wanted to do the first part of the of, of the race, and and I think that's what did the difference. You know, so I mean, it was a nice you know group of horses in the race, and and, and he come back obviously proved it and. Uh, and the previous cup as well. Uh, so yeah, you know. So once, once you know, he did it once. You, you know, he he can do it again. <laughs> I love to hear all these recaps. It's kind of like I'm fangirling a bit myself, um, just like anyone else would. So to follow along um, with the questions of this podcast, you know, as Christina mentioned, we do want this to feel very owner centric, and they're part of this as well. So we did have. A lot of questions sent in for you, Johnny. And we have one from an owner, Tiffany Linz. She asks, is there a horse past or present that you wish you could ride? This doesn't have to be derby um, themed for the answer, Johnny. So I'll let you take that away. I tell you what, I one horse that I, in the past, that, 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 I, that I really was eyeing on, I never rode him, it was Cigar, though, you know, and I probably could have had the mm -hmm. chance when he ran in the year with 110 pounds. And actually, a jury ended up riding him and picking up on the last last minute. I wasn't even there in New York at the time. Um, he ended up winning the what is called the Naira Mile, I think now. And then after that, he became what she got it. So one of those horses that you you were eyeing and uh, never had a chance to ride. <laughs> we have another one for you, Johnny, from an owner. This comes from Catherine Carlson, and she says. Given the unique nature of the Kentucky Derby with a 20-horse field, new distance for many of them, what strategy do you think works best in general for a horse to have a shot 
to hit the board, no matter what that horse's preferred running style is, should, do you think there's any particular strategy as a jockey that you think is best? No, the Derby is probably the most difficult race to ride, though, you know. Um, and the horses have to handle the, everything from the crowd to, you know, the post positions, how do you break out of there and all sorts of, you know. I think uh, there is not one strategy, you know, to win the race, actually. It's just actually the horse allowing you to do what is possible to do or to get a, a, a good position without overusing it or getting in trouble and all that stuff. And, and, and then hopefully you have something, you know, to, to finish with. So, you know, that's probably the, I think, the more open-minded, if you will, you know, kind of strategy, if you will, because you, can, you can't just use one, basically. You, you got to do the homework in the race. You got to do, you know, there's sometimes a lot of speed in the race that the, the horses that doesn't really last anyway. So you don't want to be in that duel with horses that are not going to be helping you. And then you don't want to be too far back because a lot of horses that, that really stop early in the race, you don't want to be behind them and you get in trouble. So it's a lot of things, a lot of luck in the race, a lot, a lot of knowing the horses, you know, uh, sorting the, 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 the opposite, you know, the, your position, basically, uh, your competition, as you said. Um, so you do a lot of anticipation and try to stay out of trouble, basically, you know. That definitely makes sense. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the Derby, I'm sure. <laughs> and we have another owner question. This one is from Marco Self, and I really loved this question. Do horses have genuine feelings towards a jockey on a personal level? If so, does it make a difference if the horses don't like you when it comes down to the race itself? Do you have to ride differently to get the best out of them to have a chance to win? So kind of a triple threat of a question, but... I definitely love that. Do horses have a general feelings question first? I think that definitely the horses have some general feeling. It's just no doubt, though. You know, our job is as a jockey, and, and for me, that I get to ride different horses and horses that I've never seen before is, is that the first introduction with the horse that you get a little bit of their personalities, what the trainer's telling you, and how they like, and it's all like that. Now, it's, you, it's your job to get along. With that horse as soon as you touch the horse as soon as you get on the horse you know and trying to see how you can get along and yes it's, it's for sure you're going to have some horses that are not going to like you <laughs> um, you try your best um you know to get along with the horse and 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 uh you you try to what's right for the horse you know try to get along with the horses some some of them they don't have very very much patience and for, for the most part they do you know you get along with almost every horse but you're always going to find a horse that um but you can't really get along. But my job is to try to do my best to uh, get along with the horses, definitely. I have two more follow-up questions for you that kind of got my mind rolling, Johnny. Um, one is, what is a horse that you got along the best, and what is one that you didn't get along with at all? You know, it's funny because that the, the ones that you don't get along at all, you forget about those horses very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> And the rest of them that you ride, that you get along, you, those are the ones that you okay. But I want to ride these horses back, you know, and all that stuff. So I mean, wise down was it one of them probably watching the horse, um, and, and just because obviously it was one of my favorite horses to ride, and he was not very easy to ride. It was kind of quite difficult to ride actually, and he was one of the horses that you really had to get along with him, uh, otherwise he just he was going to take you for a ride. Um, so at first when I when I got on him and. and I see a lot of his races and he was very strong and run off and all of a sudden he'll get out. He did everything possible, you know, to, you know, to get away with his 
the way he wanted to do things. And the first time I got on him, so um, I basically jog him to the gate. You know, I'm going to keep these horses as quiet as possible so he doesn't get too strong. And maybe I get along with him. And also, so just, just to keep it short. So, so I, once the gate come out and I try to handle him the way I wanted to, and then he got strong with me. And so, so and then I kind of let him run for a little bit. Then I got him back again he, and give and take a little bit with him. We, um, by, the, by the time we, we got to the back stretch, I think we started getting along, basically. <laughs> um, and then it was easy from there. And then after I rode him, the next time, it, everything I wanted to do with him, he allowed, allowed, allowed me to do it, you know. So he was one of those horses that uh, was very difficult, but I got along really, really, really well with him. And um, he definitely was special horse. Because he, 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 like was a he was a typical horse. He was a typical horse. I know. I know. Charlie Lepresti loved him and still does. He seemed like such a, a, a smart horse too along the way. Winford, I want to give you another chance if you have any other questions to ask Johnny today. Anything else you want to know from the Hall of Famer? Uh, it's kind of a broad question, but is there any any moment or any win in your career so far that just stands out above the rest? Oh my God, there's so many. You know, I'd be. Uh, you know, winning the Derby, obviously, it's, it's probably the most satisfying one. And everybody in the world will know the Derby, though. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's incredible how many people will ask you, you know, uh, when they know you're jockey and all this stuff and people that don't know very much about racing. And, and the first thing they ask is, you know, have you been in the Derby? And the second question is, like, how you want it, you know? Um, so that kind of is put into your brain very very early in your career that when people doesn't know very much about racing the right away the first question is that is about that you know have you been derby and second one how you want it though you know so definitely the derby i mean for there's so many winners that you had and I'm, I, I mean i don't i don't take any winner for granted i mean everything from the you know the climate races to the top races and everything i think winning is the key of everything and they all give you a satisfying I don't know how to explain it. Uh, to love the game, really, you know, it's just just what's hooked you. Like you, you use the work, you know, you got hooked. You get hooked, you know, when you're doing this well. You're riding good horses. You run. It's like this is this is what it's all about, you know, winning. Um, and so winning is important. I think all the winners that I have had in my career have been very blessed uh, to be in the position. That's what you know where I am right now for, from all these horses, so all these winners that I've been given the opportunity to have, you know. And speaking of the Derby, Johnny, I mean, it's only days away. I know you've ridden Reincarnate a few times. Uh, he's been on the board, picked up those points. Have you settled on your Derby mount for this year quite yet? Yeah, I think we still in, in Reincarnate, I believe. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's doing well. You know, he he ran a, a decent race last time. I think he, he got pretty tired, but I think he missed a lot of training from all of the rain. Yeah. Uh, in California, though, you know, so miss a couple of days here, miss a couple of days there, and breeze a couple of days here and there. So it was hard. So I think um, hopefully the weather in California incorporated for the next three weeks and he can train straight to the uh, to the Derby and do well, though, you know. So I think he's definitely a nice horse and he has a really good chance. Well, we wish you the best of luck in the Kentucky Derby this year. Again, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us, for taking the time to speak with us today and for being our very first Hall of Fame guest on the Railbirds podcast for my racehorse. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Johnny Velasquez right. has done so much for not only the media members. I can speak 
you know, from our perspective over on FanDuel TV, but also just for his fellow writers. He does a lot with the PDJF. He's constantly volunteering his time, helping with various aftercare uh, causes as well. And Hannah, I know you can echo that. He's just a classy guy and gives back so much to this game that has obviously given him a lot as well. I completely agree. Couldn't have said it any better myself. You know, uh, over the years, just with working with my resource and Johnny, especially with the Authentic, um, he never says no to anything. He's always willing to talk to the owners, meet owners, get to know them, and his passion for the industry is great. So I think it's safe to say our first kind of podcast went great. Um, you know, the owner's submissions were great, talking with Winford, awesome, um, and just getting kind of like the derby fever kind of going. I'm now even more excited for the first Saturday in May. Winford, before we let you go, do you have a derby horse? Have you settled on a, a horse you like, or are you still keeping your options uh, open? Man, it, you know, this field this year is looking super talented. Um, I don't know if I've settled on one just yet. I'm kind of stuck between Forte and Kings Barnes. Um, so I'm really not too sure yet. I'm kind of leading toward Kings Barnes more than Forte, to be honest. On team, team Todd Pletcher. He looks pretty <laughs> stacked, as usual, coming into the Derby. Winford, thank you so much, not only for taking the time to join us on the podcast today, but just to also be a member of the My Racehorse family and ownership group. We really cherish each and every one of the owners and just being able to hear a little bit about you guys and, and to know your story as well. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. So that'll wrap us up today for the very first Railbirds podcast recording. We really enjoyed bringing you a little bit closer, not only to your fellow owners, but also to one of the legends of the game, to Jockey Johnny Velasquez. And we want to hear from you in the future, too. Let us know if you enjoyed the podcast today. Let us know if you'd like to be a guest in the future. And let us know who you'd like to hear from in terms of other jockeys, other trainers, other owners, you know, personalities of the game. If you are interested in anyone in particular, we definitely want to make this podcast for you. And we want you to have some input and some influence on who we're able to hopefully book. Hannah, thanks. I appreciate it. I will talk to you again very soon. Yeah, thank you. That'll wrap it up, everybody. We hope you enjoyed Railbirds today.